0: Hey, everyone. The It's All Journalism team wanted to remind you that we have an email newsletter where you can get all the latest news about our podcast. Go to our website, itsalljournalism.com and follow the link to subscribe. Thanks and enjoy the episode.
1: How do we stay in the business if we have to retreat in order to protect ourselves so our hope is that by getting more visibility for women we can combat it and keep women in powerful places in the news industry where they belong frankly
0: women have held positions of authority throughout my entire career in journalism yet their contributions are routinely ignored by many in our industry it's time for that to change women journalists need to be recognized for the work that they do I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. This week, we've got two guests on the podcast. Angelie Shaw is an editor and media founder, and Jareen Imam is the director of social news gathering at NBC News. They're here to talk to us about the Women Do News campaign to create more Wikipedia entries for female journalists. Angelie and Jareen, welcome to It's All Journalism.
1: We're so glad to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: First of all, you know, I like to, you know, when talking to our guests, I like to learn a little bit about their background. So how did you, each of you get interested in journalism? We can start with Jareen.
2: Yeah, so I, (laughs) it's such a great question. I get it all the time because I get a lot of young interns that work for me. I got into journalism. My parents were immigrants to the U.S. from Bangladesh after a really brutal war. And when they came to Florida in the 80s, they didn't really know a lot about the US. And they wanted to build a community and they wanted to be a part of a community. So one of the things my mom and dad did was we would watch the news every single night. And as a little girl, I would I one time asked my dad, I was like, why are we watching the news at 6pm every single day and he was like this is the way that we can learn about what's happening in our community in our neighborhood we can learn and grow and be a part of you know this new world that we're living in and it really inspired me to like think about storytelling and think about people in that way and that kind of led me to the trajectory of where I am today of being a journalist
0: okay and Angelique.
1: For me, it was more like I was always kind of a nosy and curious kid. And I, in some ways, I've been a journalist for a really long time. My first journalism was in middle school on our school newspaper. But I'm also the kid of immigrants. And on I'm sort of my immigrant story, it's not really a viable career path. It's hard to imagine finding any kind of stability in this field. And it still is. So I was a journalist for a long time before I realized that it could be a career. And I think for me, the turning point, I was in college during 9-11 and uh, the way the news media covered that particular event was so damaging in many ways. And I got really good mentorships at that time and it dawned on me because of one mentor in particular who was at the Oakland Tribune that I could actually do this as a career which was a revelation. And I think uh, I've never looked back really since then.
0: So where did you two meet?
2: We're both fellows in the take the lead. 50 women can change the world of journalism fellowship. And it's like a cohort of 50 women across the media field and I feel like we hit it off after a couple of days of leadership growth and training. One of the things that we were tasked to do in the cohort was to think of a problem that we were seeing in journalism that we thought we could solve or try to help fix. And that actually was the inception of Women Do News, which Angeli can talk more about.
1: Yeah, so when, when, you know, Jereen and I were part of a small group out of that cohort that really founded this whole thing, we're really speaking on behalf of the planning committee here, with particular props going to Catherine Rowland of Bay City News Service, who had been trying to set up something like this for a long time, actually. And this was her brainchild that Emily Gertz, Jeanette Woods, and I, and Jareen started to really formalize and, and imagine how it could look. And it was really exciting, you know. It's really hard when you get a bunch of busy people together, but you know you're on to something when we all carve out space to work on it and we enjoy it.
0: The cohort that you're involved in, uh, it was actually one of our producers, Amelia Brust, had been following it and actually had gotten interest in this and she was the one who who pitched you as guests and also, you know, Women Do News initiative that you're doing here. So, Tell me about Women Women Do News. What is the, you know, what's its mission?
1: At our very core, our mission is really simple. We are adding entries to Wikipedia about women journalists, which is really, really simple. But the broader picture of that is that we want to raise the profile of women in our industry because, you know, we've been really cut out of history and cut out of the record of news in this country and wikipedia is kind of a symptom of that and a place where we can sort of start to make sure that our stories are part of how we understand news in this country so it's a it's a really simple mission in a lot of ways but has a lot of deep roots in sort of what we're trying to do to lift up the status of women in news media.
0: I was really kind of fascinated when I when I heard about this because this is something that I'd never even sort of thought about or that it was a problem that that I was aware of. I I know that underrepresentation of women in in the newsroom is not something new and you know parity in leadership is something that that you know everybody needs that we need to be striving for. But how did you become aware of the Wikipedia problem?
1: You know, Cat Rollins really brought this up to the group and when we started looking into it the numbers are startling right like so like 90 percent of wikipedia contributors around the world are men less than 18 percent of biographies on wikipedia are women and one of our founders emily gertz has really has been involved in wikipedia community for a long time so she really was instrumental in beginning to think about how we could structure something to change that incrementally and I think, you know, Doreen can talk really elegantly about this, but the sort of ripple effects of having a Wikipedia article are pretty big. So it was a place where we could do something small that would sort of ripple across the internet in ways that are outsized for the effort we put in. That was a really good target for us to start out.
0: Doreen, what is the effect of this? we put put these, these posts up up, you know, what effect does it have on the the woman journalist? What what effect does it have with representation of women in Wikimedia?
2: Yeah, there's a couple different ways to think about it. The first way is, you know, newsrooms. You don't always talk about the complexity of newsroom hierarchies, and there's a lot of phenomenal journalists who work in the background who don't always get listed on awards or. They might get bylines on certain stories, but not another or their contributors. So it becomes harder for women when they don't have that kind of space for name name recognition, right, for them to then go and pursue other stories and investigative work because They might not be searchable on the internet, which is a lot of what, you know, sources and people now do. Wikipedia is a a stepping stone for us in order to add profiles online so that female journalists can one be recognized for the work sometimes that they do in the background or in collaboration with other colleagues that maybe are more notable than they are. In addition, it adds to their own profile, which we've seen... In other countries, for example, and we've seen some journalists who do investigative reporting on anti-corruption, who have systematically been targeted, for example, in India, female journalists are regularly targeted when they report on anti-government activity or anti-corruption activity, or then there are, you know, darker forces on the internet. Sometimes they are financed by government entities or businesses that create false information about these women online. And the great thing about Wikipedia is that Wikipedia is ranked highly across search. And so all that disinformation that might happen to women operating in countries like Brazil or India or other places where it's highly volatile to get the truth out, Wikipedia can rank highly in the Google search or in search engines, which means if you type in that female journalist's name, you're going to see that entry first before maybe the targeted disinformation campaigns that other entities are trying to, you know, drown out her notability or credibility. So it has a big implication with safety and also safeguarding women and uh, their reputations as journalists, especially in places where the First Amendment right of freedom of speech and the freedom of the press is not always guaranteed. And so there's a lot of these incredible ripple effects that can happen if there's a space to have biographies for female journalists.
0: I see what you're saying about if the female journalists profile is searchable, that it, that it rises to the top, that it's going to provide them with a degree of legitimacy that, especially if there's disinformation going out about that journalist. But, you know, the, the, the internet's not been a 100% safe place for women for a while. And, you know, some women become the victims of, you know, troll attacks uh, and doxing and become targets. Is there any concern that this is going to leave them more exposed.
2: That's a great question. We don't have data on that. However, there's already a problem with women journalists being unequally and targeted online. In fact, the Center to Protect Journalists did a survey in 2019 and they talked to about like 2000 journalists. 80% of the respondents said that online harassment was one of the biggest problems that they faced. And much of that harassment is coming from social media platforms such as Twitter that haven't taken an active role in trying to mitigate that kind of harassment against female journalists and other journalists in general. And Wikipedia can add a, a space of legitimacy to back up a journalist in terms of you know, uh, citing their work or their awards or their investigations that they've done. So we see it more so as an avenue to continue to add credibility to who they are, especially when there are on other platforms communities that have at times attacked journalists when those, you know, communities didn't necessarily like what they were reporting. So we think that it can actually help combat some of this harassment.
0: And it's not like you're including personal information. you're it's it's probably not much more than you would be able to get on a LinkedIn page.
2: Well, it's funny you should say that because Anjali and I have um, and our planning committee have had these editathons where we have had to tell people that a LinkedIn page is actually unusable information for Wikipedia, and we we learned this through adding entries into Wikipedia because it's it's very strict about what is notable, like what is a notable biography. I know that Anjali has a lot of great things to share about this, but one thing I'll add is that like your accomplishments at work don't necessarily translate to being notable for the public. What is notable for the public that we found are big investigative awards or policy changes, or if someone wrote a book that was, listed and sold and those are a couple things that come top of mind.
1: To have a Wikipedia entry, somebody, a third party needs to write about you. So you have to cite somebody else as credibly, who has as much credibility as possible, who has written about that subject. So you can't write a Wikipedia article that will pass muster with all of these contributors around the world Um, if your sole source of information is things that journalists have produced about themselves. So you can begin to see this system, right? If people, if women aren't being cited on awards or they're not being profiled by media critics or they're not being recognized for their work broadly, they're never going to get a Wikipedia entry, right? Even if they're extremely important in sort of society and what they've done. This is the kind of thing, Michael, once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? When you start noticing how much Wikipedia plays into algorithms and search uh, search functions. I mean, like, look at YouTube, right? They started using Wikipedia to explain sourcing to viewers. So once you start seeing it and noticing it, that Wikipedia entry is not just about, does somebody go to Wikipedia and look you up? It's if somebody googles something, does their name pop up in a box, specially highlighted on the right side or not? And you know, to your earlier question, I think Joreen is really right that w- the visibility is often a protective measure for women. But the other thing I want to point out is that when when women or people who, who are trans women, particularly I would say women of color, especially, um, When we are targeted online, a a lot of times we have no choice but to retreat. But when you think about the way news works, what is the effect of that? If we have to retreat, where do we get our next job? How do we get our next job? How do we stay in the business if we have to retreat in order to protect ourselves? So our hope is that by getting more visibility for women, we can combat it and keep keep women in powerful places in the news industry where they belong, frankly.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think this is a, a really smart way to, to, to deal with that problem and also to address just the parity problem in general. How are you choosing the, the women that you write the Wikipedia entries for?
1: So the short answer is that we're not. So if you go to womendonews.org and you sign up you get instructions for how to nominate somebody. So we are not we're not like censoring, you know, who gets written about and who doesn't. It's really collective. About 300 people have signed up and made 222, I think is the number at this very moment, nominations. And then volunteers again can see all of the nominees and can pick up assignments. So you know, as organizers, as facilitators, we really aren't making those choices. Um, it's up to the volunteers who they want to write about. Um, we encourage people to pick up nominations of journalists they do not know. Um, it makes for better work and it's uh, much more in line with sort of Wikipedia guidelines and ethics. But, you know, if you sign up, you can see all the people who've been nominated some of whom maybe don't have enough citations for a Wikipedia article yet. So we're slowly sorting that out. Um, uh, but we're not trying to be arbiters of who deserves a Wikipedia article or not. What we're trying to do is to get more people thinking about it and maybe taking action if they can spare some time or want to join one of our events.
0: Have you gotten any feedback from Wikipedia about this effort?
1: No, no uh definitely some prominent wikipedians have been really supportive and we're really grateful for that uh on our planning committee andrew lee is on our planning committee he literally wrote the book about wikipedia and he's been really awesome um but uh and then of course i I can't i can't be remiss if i said so there's some really amazing groups um women in red art plus feminism wiki project women scientists These are groups that predate us by quite a bit that really have helped us by being models and in some cases stepping up to help us edit or defend articles.
0: That's great. Now you mentioned edit-a-thons. How often are you doing those? How can people get involved in those?
2: Yeah, so we have a number of edit-a-thons that we have already done. We've been doing a combination of working with journalism conferences. We had a really successful edit-a-thon with AAJA, which is the, Amer- the Asian American Journalism Association, where um, Anjali and Jeanette, and a few other people on the planning committee, and Andrew, had this wonderful talk where we were having a discussion much like this about the importance of you know, this kind of mission. And afterwards, we held a multi-day edit-a-thon where people could jump into our, our virtual newsroom, one could say, where they could pick up an assignment and try their hand at working on an entry. And because of the fact that it was this virtual newsroom, they could also ask us for guidance and uh, even some technical questions about like, how do I do this? And what do I know is objective and what's citable? our plan is that right now we are working with a number of journalism conferences, for example, we have an event that we just finished up with Jaws, but we also have another event coming up with them that is specifically for their group about increasing safety for female journalists through Wikipedia. We are currently expanding, and we're really in the mindset of looking to partner with different organizations and groups who wanna like host an editathon and. Me and other members of the planning committee are very eager to set up those opportunities. So I think that this podcast actually will be a great way for us to connect with other groups who are thinking about, you know, this kind of work. And hopefully we can partner with them and continue to do edit Our goal is to try to do at least one editathon a month should we, you know, have those kinds of partnerships formed.
0: So what's your long-term goal here? What are you, what are you hoping to accomplish going forward?
1: Change the world. (laughs) I don't, I mean, you know, we're all volunteers and we're really excited because we've just gone legit. Bay City News Foundation is now our fiscal sponsor. So we are officially nonprofit status. And that's mostly because we want to expand our ability to reach people, um, to reach those who would not just participate in sort of this ongoing editing and writing work for Wikipedia, but also those who like just need that awareness. I think if you look at the way our news media is written about, both like in magazines, or, you know, Columbia Journalism Review or Pointer, it's only recently that you start seeing more women be included in those. And still, the parody is not there. If you are sort of a journalism history buff, then you know, right, we have so many great scholarly works, but very few of them feature many women who have been really important in our industry. So I think long term, we want that awareness to grow. And, you know, we'll see as we do this work where where we end up. But I'm just really excited and grateful for the volunteers who have stepped up so far.
0: It's really crazy, because I've been a journalist for a pretty long time. And you know, most of the newsrooms I was in, there were more women than there were men. And I've worked for several women editors. And when I was uh, at American University as a student, a graduate student, and as, as a teacher, there were always more women in the classes. So finding that they're underrepresented is, is really surprising to me. I'm glad I found out about this and about this disparity. And it seems like what you guys are doing is is super positive. How can people get involved You know, if they want to volunteer, if they want to nominate somebody.
1: Well, Michael, you just hit the nail on the head. So if you have these women who you've worked with in the past, who really were instrumental in newsrooms where you've been, or impactful on their communities in some way, all you have to do is sign up, you'll get an email with instructions, make a nomination. That's like a first easy step. And then we can begin to track those journalists to see if there are good citations for them, to see if they already have entries that we can help to improve. That's the really easy way in. And then you get a, you get subscribed to a newsletter that will tell you about new entries, will help you to learn about women journalists you maybe didn't know about, and will alert you to any events or edit-a-thons we're working on.
0: Well, that sounds super easy. So <laughs> I encourage everybody to do it. Angelique, Jareen, this is a uh... Really fun conversation, and I'm glad we had a chance to talk about that. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having us.
0: You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.